within your circles, what do you see as some of the bigger concerns about the cannabis industry? Would uh, that be applicable? Yeah. Or? I, it's funny being a solventless processor that grows their own flower too, because we've kind of got two sides where one side we're The whole medical recreational debate is, I think, going to go on for a long time. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think... Oh, yeah, this is just the beginning. We, we've got friends that are switching over now, that have switched, that do both, that do everything. To do uh, medical and adult use? Mm-hmm. Right. And, and we, as solventless processors, can do both within the same facility. Oh, interesting. So we don't right. have to have a recreational license to process. We don't need, like, a second lab. We just need to fill out another form. Okay, no, actually, I'm sorry. That's yeah, incorrect. We do, we do need to have a license, but, we, yeah, like he said, we don't need to have a separate facility. We don't need to separate the two. Right. Mm-hmm. We would just need separate freezers. It's, it's much gotcha. less red gotcha. tape. Gotcha, yeah. gotcha, right. Much less red tape. So if you create a, a new holding, holding or storage area mm-hmm. dedicated towards and it can even be like in the same area mm-hmm. like it oh. just needs to be just, in just making sure it's designated and have a lock on it properly exactly. correctly and that's where then it's just all taxes and things like that which from a processing standpoint if we if we do make that jump to doing both um taxes or we're splitting them you know um, <laughs> yeah because there there's Some, a certain excise tax that you have to pay for processing right. when you move your product from one place even if we another. would you have to would you have to also kind of um even though you don't need to add an additional lab would you have to now make it at a au standard of maybe adding cameras or or whatever exactly. other protocols Probably. are necessary yeah. for there to, and okay. that's the thing we we very briefly talked to our lawyer about it. So I mean, we haven't really delved too much into it because we're really not at that point right now. We don't want to. But the adult yeah. use program uh, at this point is still in its infancy as well. Yeah. Right. So I think getting a better idea of where that uh, direction is going oh, before, yeah. where yeah. I I think we have a, a pretty good understanding of what the med- medical program's about mm-hmm. it, and the importance of it too. So especially here in Maine. Yeah, that's that's one thing that I think I mean, we have one of the best medical programs. In the it's state. still it's still unique, right. you know, but it'll continually year in and year out be threatened to not be mm-hmm. as unique. So I think as uh, cultivate caregivers, that's probably one yeah. of the, the key things to keep an eye out for and, and how. Mm-hmm. I and that's know. where I get I get torn because I'm not from Maine. I'm from mm-hmm. North Carolina. You know, I hike the Appalachian Trail, Georgia to Maine and never left and. Two years later, I dove into cannabis, and this, you know, and so, it's it's. it's has it been? Has that caused different ways of people looking at you? Not the way Not that I got here. No. Um, once I kind of explained, you know, I actually I hiked the Appalachian Trail from Georgia to Maine and just never left. And ended up I was a snowmaker for a while and this and that, and then got into cannabis, as opposed to being in North Carolina thinking I'm going to move to Maine and start a cannabis company because their laws are awesome and I can do that. That's where I think it gets a little hairy. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. And yeah, maybe the Yeah, right, the intent. It. Yeah, right. I agree with that. That was the first thought I had. But maybe it's also a little bit because you are hiker trash. That kind of makes you a little bit more endearing to people who, you know, if you're going to commit yourself to 
a lifestyle like that. Well, right. I mean, that's the thing. We <clears throat> we definitely well not committed, but it was the first know. year was funny. Having trash in, in the name. Oh is God, we got hysterical. so many people who were like, "Why would you put trash yeah. in your?" One of our friends is he, a very classical guy and very smart, um, but he doesn't hike at all. No connection to the community whatsoever, which is totally fine. Yeah. But he had no idea what hiker trash was, and it's it's something that not a lot of people do understand unless you've done a long distance trail become a part of a group that knows or talks about it or something. And it's it's basically when you're, he was, he couldn't believe that we would ever put trash in our business name. <laughs> it just doesn't make sense. Well, there would be a lot of people who want to talk you out of that though, right? Right, oh, yeah. everyone. You don't put, don't, you're trying to sell a product. Don't Calling put it trash. trash. You're right. I mean, honestly, pretty much everybody that we talked to initially had that reaction yeah. to it. We had the same conversation over and over a lot. Mm-hmm. Um, it's hard to uh, hard to defend unless you truly like believe in it. Exactly. And understand that it. We very and you know that and will honestly believe in. And that's where we've we've now f- kind of found a way of explaining it more in layman's terms, less in a hiking community sense. Um, but hiker trash kind of within the hiking community is, in my eyes, you've got kind of your weekenders, your, your day trip backpacking hikers, which is what we are now. You mm-hmm. know, we don't have the time to get out for months on end, weeks on end. Um, no, especially with the fear of leaving for a day. Exactly. <laughs> and so, you know, there's these little trails like the Long Trail in Vermont that you can get done in a few weeks and different things like that. And other trails like the Appalachian Trail that take months. Um, and you, you end up, whether you want to or not, falling into two kind of categories when you're on these longer trails. And it's the purists and the hiker trash. And a purist is going to chew your ass up if you hitched a ride into town on one side of the road and got out of the car on your way back to town on the other side of the road because you didn't walk that road. You didn't cross that road. You did not do the full trail. sticklers. (laughs) Yeah. You didn't hike the trail. Yeah, I heard that in your kind of, uh, well, I I don't want to say you were trying to defend it because there's... uh, legitimacy to the idea there are the purists right who just you have to have taken every step every exactly. part without an excuse and, and, and that's, i sympathize with that i can see where they're coming it's about from. defending the achievement <clears throat> exactly. i do i do get that yeah exactly i do because some people do abuse kind of the other end of it, <coughs> where oh yeah this this road catches up with the trail two miles down the road or 12 miles up the mountain and back down on the trail to the road mm-hmm. where it's like, well, I'll just walk the road and skip this mountain. You can take those shortcuts probably hundreds of times along the trail oh, through the course. Yeah. Through the travels of it. Yeah. And it's, you know, they've got the AT has a white blaze and they'll paint it on a tree and that's what you follow the whole way. And that's how you know where you're going. And they've got blue blazes for side trails. Yellow blazes is what, kind of road walking is called with the two <laughs> yellow lines. Um, there, there's <laughs> hundreds of them. I mean, you've got golden arch, 
ones where you just basically go from town to town in a car and mm-hmm. you're just catching McDonald after Mc, McDonald after McDonald after McDonald. Oh, no doubt. And uh, McDonald's. My friend had, had set up uh, like food on different uh, points along the trail trip or angels. had people set up some. Mm-hmm. Is that what it is? Yeah. 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 Oh, it's an amazing, amazing people. Does that turn into a feast when you get there? It can be dangerous. <laughs> um, there's Real food again. There's like, definitely. Yeah. My favorites. Yeah. There's certain ones that. And a, and a lot of times it's so funny. A lot of times it's a church or a community center or something in the town that, that will bring a cooler or a box of something and just kind of set it next to a tree with a sign. And it's like the the taste of a cold Coca-Cola after being in the woods for three weeks straight mm. is undescribable. Mm. <laughs> undescribable. And then you hit other ones where... It's a full-on barbecue Fourth of July festival, and they're just here's a burger, here's a this. You want some snacks? Dig through the back of the truck, kind of thing. And and it it all of them are amazing in their own right. And we've had the opportunity to to give back a couple times. One time for my birthday, went to Hot Springs and just handed out chips and cold sodas. Oh, and, that's and cool. Stuff like that. And, that was what that's I did for my cool. birthday one year. You yeah. know, it's just it's it's a rewarding experience in its own, especially knowing the other side, mm. knowing the feeling of coming down that mountain, having hiked all day, all week, you're, you just, you know. Did you go with him on that trip uh, that, for his birthday? What was? Oh, no. This was before we met. Oh, okay. No, it was before. Yeah. before no, I did, I did not hike the trail. <laughs> no, no, I'd have respect though for people. I mean, not to say that they uh, hike the whole whole trail, but if you even got on and you know, it could be Upper State Pennsylvania. I, it's the idea that you're willing to go wherever this takes it. you. Yeah. Yep, just get out you know? and do it. That's 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 my biggest thing, and <clears throat> that's why some of, some of my closest friends never finished mm-hmm. because they had something else going on there wife back at home or something and now they're divorced which is you know just the way oh, life yeah. kind of works yeah um so it's you could have written like a book in the same way like uh, the odyssey you know these travels from right. oh, uh, location so to location you know what i mean yeah and each state should be its own book in my opinion mm-hmm. uh, yeah virginia being the longest of them all mm-hmm. virginia is so flat virginia oh yeah it goes on oh. forever Virginia, it's not like so that's just more. Is it more tree than Virginia's there? more like plains? More so that's kind of when you plains. start getting into the open fields and things like that, which mm-hmm. is is great. It's beautiful. You get these big scenic views and this and that. Um, but at the same time, you can see, you know, you're like, oh, that mountain, that little hill over there. That's we've got to get there. Mm-hmm. That's where the trail's going. Three hours later. It feels like it hasn't come any closer, <laughs> and you're still just walking this field towards this mountain. Whereas when you're in the woods, things change more. You yeah. get more mm-hmm. constant. Yeah. You know, and it's like driving in the Midwest. Exactly. You know, that horizon's been that way for a long exactly. time. Yeah, I mean, didn't you I've been say, asleep for six hours. <laughs> yeah. Here. Didn't you say Virginia is where a lot of people drop out? Yeah. Like you, the Virginia blues. There's kind of like two points where people will drop out. Um, one in North in North Carolina, around Blood Mountain. It's kind of right when you realize, oh shit, this is what I've gotten myself into. Mm-hmm. And I think like some crazy like eighty percent of people, right around there, get off right. That's there. it. Um, 
And then if you can make it through that, you can usually make it to Virginia. And then Virginia is where the mental game really comes into play. Mm. Uh, Virginia, you get the Virginia Blues, and you will get them no matter how hard you try, no matter how happy of a person you are. What you think, you know, it doesn't matter. Um, it happened to me and my, my, the guy who I started the trail with, he left when we were in Virginia, and, and a couple of things happened where it just... Challenges your will. Right. I got sick. Um, it Just like mentally, I was just over it. I was done. I had hiked. I mean, at that point, you've already hiked like a thousand miles, and it's like, well, okay, I'll keep so what going. what pushes somebody forward? Why, why continue? What do you think works for that, say, small percentage of people? What, what tells them that continue this? Big Mama K, Mount Katahdin. Really? That end goal, just hitting point B on an A to B trip, getting to the end, just finishing. And for me especially, I mean, that was huge, was just to finish something. Because mm. all my life I've, I've done these little things here or there and, and either been good at it and it came easy and it was whatever, and then I'd stop or it would be hard, and then I would stop and I'd quit. And so for me, it became something that I just wanted to finish. Um, and I, I had two friends drop off for various reasons, and then a third, and, mm. I was, and then I got sick, and um, it, it was tough. Um, and I, I actually started with my dog, and then I had to send her back home. Um, so there was a lot of change kind of right in that Tennessee, Virginia border. You don't come out the same person. Not at How all. How could you? The trail, the, the trail changed my life um, forever, and we, we always joke and say that it ruined our lives because the life that we once knew is no longer nowhere there. Nowhere close to where you are now. Not interested. Don't even care about it. Yeah. Um, I'm lucky enough that I have the ability to to look back and learn from different things that I've done and all the different random shit that I've done, mm-hmm. which is a lot. <laughs> Um, I mean, I lived on a sailboat in Mexico for a month, went to Guatemala, Costa Rica, <laughs> you know, these random, random things. And it's funny because now cannabis and it, it, it's all kind of come together, especially with hash making, where I used to be really into geology and doing this and that. And I almost managed a gold mine in Baja, California and Mexico. Oh, wow. And just like these oh, crazy wow. things that have almost happened or that did, and then I quit them. They're all coming back together where each one has its own finger in some part of what we do now. Mm-hmm. And what I lack, then she can carry You guys over. seem to work together really well from I the outside you, looking in, but I it feels like there's this comfort zone with how you guys understand each other. I would never be able to do it without, without yeah. her. I mean, she, like... Like I said, there's a lot of things that I've quit and failed at throughout life. And those are all the things that she succeeds at. You're so nice. I try to be. <laughs> <laughs> and well, like, like that, I'm really, I'm not that nice. I'm no. the mean one. I'm, and she's I'm the, the nice one. one, you know. I'm the nice one. Um, but, Let know. me ask you something I've been asking more people when I do podcasts. And, and it, kind of towards the end, maybe a finisher, I suppose, because... Yeah, it's, um, it's about that time. Yeah, and you might have already touched on it, but 
what the fuck matters most to you in 2021 and maybe going forward for at least a year because I know these things are fluid and they change, but what matters, what the fuck matters most to you right now? At first thought, you know, you, you want to say that like... Yeah, it's a, it's a heavy question, so you yeah. don't have to... It, it has mean, tend you, you to be more of that. You want to say that the business matters most and that, you know, you do everything you can to move forward and progress and everything. But honestly, in my opinion, what matters most is like both of our mental and physical health. Mm-hmm. That's really what it comes down well to. Being. And like, yeah, 100%. just being happy, you know? Like we, we love what we do, yep. we really do. But at the end of the day, you know, like you have to take care of yourself and you have to do things for yourself, not just for the business, you know what I mean? And that was where my first, that, like, we had the same exact thoughts. My first thought was medication, you know, providing a medicine for a specific purpose to help someone. Mm. Um, but then you have to realize that in order to properly help someone else, you have to be whole. Yeah, you well, have to help yourself first. It's like when you're on an airplane, you know, they tell you that, you know, you have to put your oxygen on before... Helping help anybody else. Yeah. And it's like, it's right. so true. Yeah, that's true. And I mean, if you don't take care of yourself, you're not yeah, really I like that analogy. Never thought of it that way. Right. And so, like, there's been a few things, a few times where we've we've pushed ourselves, and we're, we're lucky enough to have some friends that keep us balanced. And uh, one of them specifically, almost weekly, will tell me, stop. <laughs> take care of yourself. You know, just say no. You can say no. Yeah. You know? It's not a bad thing to say no sometimes. And and she says it to me all the time. People will constantly, because I, I, I run the Instagram account. And mm-hmm. so people mm-hmm. will hit me up and, hey, I've got this and that. Do you have time to wash? And I'll you know, say, you know, here's our schedule, this and that. Where she, When <laughs> she, we specifically say that we're not taking on any more accounts for the rest of the year and... We need to take a personal health And then break, he and then he that. takes on more accounts. And I'm just like <laughs> And you change it all. What up. are you doing, dude? I thought we talked about this. Yep. But <laughs> No, it uh, it it's been great but it's gotten to a point where now, especially this this past summer, I think we hit our breaking point. Mm-hmm. Um, where it last year's outdoor season was very nice to us. Mm-hmm. Um, oh, it was a blessing. It, it really put our was. Name out there, we got a lot of connections, a lot of great people that we met, some that we can now call our friends, yeah. others just, you know, oh, it's a cool story. Um, and it, at the end of the day, if, if, if you're not taking care of yourself, you can't properly help someone else. Mm-hmm. That's the way that I just kind of have to keep constantly reminding myself. Mm-hmm. And so if, yeah, just play that on As a parent, I always look for that balance. I try to keep a balance with them because it can, mm-hmm. it can, you don't want that to, to be whatever you might be going through so much mentally. And, and we're all enduring different levels and different things right, mm-hmm. right now. And maybe we always have been, but, um, but yeah, it's different when you know how it affects others. So you need to, you're right, we need to well, recover it, ourselves. It's yeah. difficult sometimes, too, because, like, I'm a very empathetic person. <clears throat> yeah. And so, like, if he's stressed out, then, you're like, feeling it? I feel it. 
And it might not even be because I'm stressed out, but it's just like, I feel so bad that he's stressed out that it's now stressing me out. Mm. Because like, I I feel all of it. Mm -hmm. And it's just like, it's hard sometimes, but. That's where it's, we we got into a few sticky situations of just taking on too much. Yeah. And having too much on our plate. And it's a great problem to have. Um, Keep it manageable. Keep right. it, keep it words. Yeah, well, and that's sanity. the thing. I mean, now that we have, you know, been in the process of hiring two new people, I mean, it's it's literally a godsend. Mm-hmm. Like, it's it could not yet, have and it's um, changed our lives. Yeah, know? like that's they're awesome. not even like full time right now yet, and it's already. But it kind of afforded you the opportunity to come down here today, or exactly. while you were doing your things, yeah, but exactly. uh, still to free up a couple extra hours. So awesome. Exactly. Exactly. Especially in this year is a huge one, especially because um, we're able to go down to North Carolina and see my family for the first time in, in years. In like four years. Going down for the holidays? Mm-hmm. Awesome. Yeah. Christmas. Christmas. Awesome. Yep. And we're very excited. We're driving down. Mm-hmm. It, it, it's a weird year. My grandfather passed away in the fall, and, and it's kind of been one of those things that we've been needing to get down there for so long. Yeah. But something, you know, the business always came first. Yeah. We had to keep the plant alive. We can't just take time off. We have to schedule someone to come and eat or do this or whatever the case may be. And now we're able to leave and go down there and spend 10 days away, Mm -hmm. which is weird to say out loud. this college thing and get it right this time and uh, about halfway through that semester was when I realized I was like I, this isn't what I want to do school the education system just e- everything it it wasn't for me and in, in that semester off after I had basically flunked out I worked at the restaurant and did all these certain things and, and I learned that I can live and make money and spend the money how I want opposed to going to school and having a meal plan and, you know, kind of being caught up in the system. And I was like, what am I doing? Just go back to the restaurant, work, have your own apartment. You can get your own big TV, you know, Mm. whatever you want. There's a certain freedom to it, isn't there, that I've noticed? It was beautiful when I was, you know, 18, 19. Mm -hmm. Um, And then about eight years of that, well, I say years. I, I started working at this restaurant, pa- passing out and making gingerbread men during the holidays when I was like 14. <laughs> just working for tips, you know, and it's this fancy steakhouse. You get pretty good money just working for tips out there. Uh, and my sister would hand out flowers during Valentine's Day and certain things like that. And uh, it, was a, it was a great place to start working. Um, because they instilled a lot of great mottos, but at the same time, now I'm learning some of those mottos aren't applicable, should, right, applicable they be to everything in life. Salt. Like yeah. the customer is always right. Mm-hmm. Mm. It's the big one. Um, at the restaurant that I worked at, that was the motto. That's I mean, such a culture. Did you try? Oh, yeah. Oh man, 
It really is. And we would, Did you try and live with that as a, as something that you were going to carry over into Hiker Trash? I and thought how you that did that business? was the most important part of business ever. And after leaving that place, and proves to be problematic though. It does. It is. Yeah, and that's what it, it kind of rubbed me the wrong way. Then now, where I'm almost like the general public is always wrong. You know, where I'm almost <laughs> thinking the opposite of that. Um, you have to find a, a balance. Right. So it's, it's a fine line of, and it, especially in, in this industry, we've found that we'll just we'll kill ourselves, we'll wear ourselves so thin if we just say yes all the time. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and especially with the solventless processing, that's where we've had to really set kind of strict guidelines for ourselves that we still break all the time for friends and this and that, you know, we've got our minimums that we say you've got to have a ten pound per strain minimum. And, yeah, right. And then our buddy hits us up and he's like, "Oh, I've only got you know seven and a half of this." And I'm like, "Yeah, bring it on." Or they, we meet up and it, it's less than what they thought it was. So something happens where we, mm. we make exceptions. Um, That's why we always weigh everything too, because there have been times when like it's less than what they thought. And then there have been times when it's like 15 pounds more mm. than what yeah. they thought. And it's like, we, if we didn't weigh this, we could have just <laughs> lost out on, you know, 15 pounds yeah, right. of right. washing <clears throat> the stuff. So that was a huge thing that just happened last week. Mm-hmm. We had an account and it was like, Oh yeah, it's 20 pounds of whatever. And I go to weigh it and it weighs up to be 31. Yeah. Glad I weighed it. Glad mm. I didn't just. Which take, like it happens. Take you your know. number for it. You know. Yeah, having that uh, set. Especially set when parameters you have, of what you've got to be uh, looking for, what yeah. they need to be more exact on. Well, That's especially te- when you work with bigger companies who have a much larger crew. You know, some things are just gonna fall Slide through the cracks. Yeah. You know? yeah. So Certain things get mislabeled. I mean, I've done it all the time. You know, mm-hmm. there's. I think every grower has always had. At some some room or wave or something where you look at a plant and it doesn't have a label on it, mm-hmm. You're like, something what, what are you? messed up. <laughs> yeah. and it's nothing like, to mark, nothing to indicate what yeah. the hell this mm-hmm. is. And you, you figure it out eventually, you know, as it matures. But it um, it's kind of funny, and it it's nice having had that happen a few times, and now you know hunting seeds because. When you first start out, you're like, all right, number one, number two, number three, you know, whatever. And now at a certain point, I don't care. I don't care what number it is. It's, <laughs> it, I'll f- name it when it's done. Mm. You know, it's, it's, as long as I know that this one is different than this one, as soon as I take clones of it, that's when I need to assign it something. Yeah, right. Um, and so a lot of times we'll do a whole, whole pack and, you know, there'll be one through 12 and, three of them don't make it through week two or something. And now you're down to nine, but it was number three, seven, and eight that mm-hmm. that, that got out of line. And so now the numbers are all mixed up. Yeah, it doesn't have any order anyways. Mm-hmm. Right. So yeah, right. a lot of times now I'll, I'll kind of label things with a, with a little star or a dot or a dash or something to kind of be like, this is the one I'm keeping an eye on. Mm-hmm. And like at, at a certain point in veg, this one looks really good, structure-wise, growth-wise, how you know, whatever the case may be. Um, so I, I gave it a star. 
and it still has its number and all this and that, but um, it's so much nicer to to do a pheno hunt and, and be in it and not so worried about the numbers behind it, mm. especially with as a, as a solventless processor, um, it, it's huge because you have constant direct impact on all of your plants, every one of them. I mean, yep. like you can give it a, all that one-on-one yep. mm-hmm. that it needs. Yeah. So and that's where you're talking about that relationship. It doesn't need numbers. You know which ones are sort mm-hmm. of which at that point, too. Exactly. And well, yeah. and especially with, you know, like the different phenotypes of plants, it's like, you know, like we were saying with the, with the Big Mac earlier, maybe if we had a different pheno, you know, it would have washed differently or better so it's like every it's crazy the big mac's a great example because i i hunted out i i picked the pack because i thought it would wash well Mm. and then i picked the pheno based on its flavor and then i wash it and so (laughs) i just picked the wrong you know i was i was picking i was after that pheno that was kind of that elusive washing pheno that mm. that limey kind of real citrusy mm. it was a, it, we kind of called which it which those the ones are hard those are hard mm-hmm. what you mean that terpene it, it'll yeah. actually dissolve the thc it'll act as a solvent mm. it's the craziest certain, thing to watch absolutely terrifying it's it's almost <laughs> wild because it's there's a grower that we've worked with a few times that it's happened to him to him a couple times and it's almost like if you grew shittier weed, this might not have been so severe. Really? But your terpene content was so high that it made that effect even worse. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's yeah. where we beat ourselves up, where I'm like, oh, shit. what if the room was just a few degrees colder? What if I had done this? What if I had done that? And that's where we beat ourselves up. But at the end of the day, it's, it's just the way it is. It's not going to wash. It doesn't. It, right. And learning, because you got into solventless within the last few years, is it? Three mm-hmm. years or four? Yeah. Like yeah, a I'd concerted say, effort on educating yourself and, and understanding it? Oh, yeah, 2019 say, was when we started solventless? No, it was before that. When I say we're going on like three and a half. Yeah, we're well, still very, very out. new and learning things every day and going to classes all the time. I mean, you went to, a, was it, I'm sorry if I'm going to get the name wrong, chocolate and donuts or uh, coffee, and coffee donuts. and coffee. I knew it. Yeah. Right. Coffee. Yeah. Simply. Yeah. That Adam. was, that was a great experience for him. That yeah. Was what was awesome. it like? That was, uh, so it was, it was put on with, um, simply Adam who, uh, he's out in Washington. I mean, one of the smartest hash makers out there. I mean, mm-hmm. there's just, it, it, he's designing this thing called the resin dial, actually, and it's it's meant to pair with jar tests and, and screw onto a ball jar, and you can shake it, and then you can sift through that system and get an idea of, okay, this one's going to have larger heads, this one's going to have smaller heads, oh, wow. different things like that. Yeah, very smart, man. Wow. And it, 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 he put so much detail and thought into it that I... Love the idea. I support it fully, one hundred and ten percent. I told him I want to buy his prototype. You know, I mean, like I'm, I'm fully behind it. And at a certain point, talking to him about it, 
I was like, okay, my mind's gone. I don't know what we're talking about anymore. And, and I'm like, it's a simple thing. It's a test wash with screens and just, but the way that he looks at things is just so different mm-hmm. and it's amazing. A new way of approaching mm-hmm. issues, problems, right. uh, taking a little bit more guesswork out of it. And it's, it's huge and it's dangerous to play with hash like that. Mm-hmm. Um, especially as a processor, because I look at our rooms and our harvests and I'll be like, you know, I'll, I'll play around with the different curing techniques. Like for instance, we just did some blue Nana that we did cold cure, which is what we typically do. Mm-hmm. And then we did a jam tech to it as well. Mm-hmm. And one of the jars of jam tech, I just let sit on the clone mat a little bit too long. Mm-hmm. And now we're going to make solventless cartridges. And right. that's kind of a happy yeah. mistake that yeah. came from it. Yeah. Very happy accident. <laughs> um, but Did you know that as a as an option for for if it if the jam didn't take it, the way if, you had hoped, or what, was that something you had to? If you do it right, you can know that. Mm-hmm. Um, it all depends on how you know. Solventless cartridges is kind of a it's a very new thing, um, but the key. Yeah, we're talking of, this year yeah. is really when I started people are to still notice kind of figuring yeah. it yeah. out. Right. Um, and it, it's <laughs> it's one of those things that's an expensive thing to play with. And mm. so you can lose a lot of money or you can come up with something beautiful. And usually those beautiful things are from accidents. Mm. Um, so there's somebody who's been working with solventless cartridges for years apparently and one of our friends is going to do some consulting with them and learn how to do it as they build their lab out and all this and that. And he's going to let me kind of slide in there and <laughs> learn a few things. Um, cool. But there's kind of a way of, of doing it now that, that people, you know, when you know one way works, you can get stuck in a mindset that that's the only way that that's possible. Mm-hmm. Yeah, sure. Um, and so that's where this guy is kind of, He's found another way through playing with it for 15 years. I mean, God knows how much he's lost playing playing with it for that long. Um, yeah, I mean, the biggest, I feel like the hardest thing with the, the solventless cartridges is um, like the, the stability of it and like the homogenization of it to mm-hmm. keep it all, you know, one those, consistency. With a consistency, mm-hmm. yeah. Like with when live resin cards came out, you know, you'd, you, I remember getting a few that when they first came out, they would build diamonds, would, you know, diamonds would grow within yeah. your mm-hmm. cartridge. Yeah, right. It's like, what <laughs> yep. the hell's going on? And then they figure, you figure things out as the mistakes happen. Um, and so luckily we're, you know, there's been a few companies, especially in Maine, that have done solventless cartridges for a year or two now. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think they all started by happy accidents from Jamtech. <laughs> and it's just, it goes from there, you know. Do you still pursue Jam, not thinking of uh, having it in, in cartridge form? Yeah, yeah. 100%. Oh, of course. 100%. Yeah. And, the, and the beauty with, with the Jamtech is um, with solventless, kind of solventless anything, it's low and slow. Um, so with Jamtech, you're, you're basically just adding a little bit of heat for a certain amount of time or at a certain, you know, point, pressure, whatever the point is. You're just changing that variable just a little bit, and you'll get something completely different. Um, 
And so with Jamtech, you're essentially solving this cartridges is essentially a slow and slow decarb of the hash rosin until it is stable. Mm. And then in the middle there is where that jam tech kind of lies. <coughs> and you can let it go as far or as short as you want, depending on what consistency you're looking for. Mm. And so it totally depends on when you pull it, what temp you had it at, all these different variables. And luckily, some of us are willing to share what we've learned. Yeah. There's a lot of people in the hash community that aren't willing to share. And yeah, they maybe. think that whatever they learned, they, you know, it cost them what they lost. And so they're not going to give it up. Yeah, I mean, free. when we very first started doing anything, you know, solventless, especially when we got the freeze dryer, there, oh, yeah. there were, you know, one company in particular that, you know, is in our area that we were, you know, trying to bounce ideas off of or converse about it and they wouldn't get real vague answers. They wouldn't never get anything really. They would never tell you what you want. Kind of you could if you knew what you were talking about, you could steer the conversation in a way that you'd get the answer. Yep. Um or the person would just say something and kind of wink at you. Mm. But now with these forums and classes and everything, and, and now it's a, it's a... There's a lot of knowledge out there. We've been lucky enough it. to at least have fallen into a group that loves to share knowledge and share numbers and, and this and that. And that's not what it's always about, but it definitely helps. Mm. Um, and it's, it's a beautiful thing to, to be in a community, within well, a community. Why does it happen? Why do you think the sharing does occur? When, when from a <clears throat> protecting of your business undertakings, it, it could be seen as, I don't know, some companies, some, in, some brands will look at it differently. Right. They'll say protect whatever you can. Yeah. And as well, don't we think of it as like, you know, a, a proprietary, proprietary information. Yeah, thing. sure. Right. Yeah. And that's like. We're starting with the cartridges, and, and there's been, there are companies that that's what they do. Yep. They just pump out carts. And so I've reached out to a few of them and gotten some help and some, you know, no, no progress. <laughs> that's going to cost no. you, buddy. Yeah. Kind of thing where I'm Which like, I it's mean, a simple question. What stand should I buy? But I mean, at the same mm -hmm. time, or, you know, you know we, we also do offer consultation. Mm -hmm. for washing and pressing and stuff. So there, there's a fine line between, you know, right. answering a question or it needs to be a consultation, you know? So, I mean, I, I, I get it on some level. And that's where, like, you, if, if you catch me right, I'll just, I'll just talk you off all day. Mm -hmm. And you'll get a lot of, you, you know. You not have to get paid for that. Right. Yeah. Right. But Because it's in other... the moment. It's that desire to want to share just mm -hmm. because it's good conversation. Exactly. And we're just having a good time yeah. chatting yeah. about something. And if I'm it can help uh, anybody involved, then it turns into favorable for everybody, mm -hmm. I, would, I would assume. And that's when it's like. <clears throat> so you found a good group of people like that. We have, yeah. And it, it's still, there's still some ins and outs and things sure. that we learn. And especially that we learn as we're still, with, you know, under five years old. Mm -hmm. um, well, I mean, everybody, too, is, is learning every day, you know, something. Yeah, yeah I've noticed that. Industry. I've noticed that everybody's learning maybe, a, um, I, I want to say within the last year, year and a half, you were 
you were a particular type of um, grower or producer um, at, a, at a certain stage of your development. And then some other groupings, some that might have had two rooms decided I want four flower rooms. And, and you know, so the, uh, the needs were always something new and very different, mm -hmm. but the one consistent was everybody was, a, 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 you know, going forward. Mm -hmm. Like you were always oh, yeah. a new set of problems for each of you to, <laughs> to figure out how yeah, you're going to tackle true, and, in the solventless game right now, it's all about, yeah specifically too. It's oh, so many each variable. Everybody's got their own opinion on it, mm -hmm. but the biggest thing right now is kind of this no ice trend, and it's with chillers coming into play and being able to to get everything down with no without needing ice. Mm -hmm. Do you need the ice? What does the ice do in the process? Is it agitating the heads off? Is it not? Is it just there to keep things cold? what's going on and so people are playing with different things and people have very strong opinions mm. about certain things mm. and that I was is one certainly of those, one of them you had an opinion on right. that did you not i was very opinionated um it was about this time last year <laughs> um, about you know full spec versus broad spec versus single micron and all these different things and yeah and i we and we still do when it's possible. And I think that's the biggest thing that people forget or they don't listen to or they don't see is when applicable. Mm. Um, and the plant is going to allow that or not allow that to happen. Right. And so for us, when we started, we grow a specific way. We have certain strains, certain phenos, whatever the case may be, where it was a beautiful transition for us to be able to put out a full spectrum product which is 25 to 219U. It's collecting as much of the resin as you can, pressing it in a certain way, and combining it all to a final product that I think is the best that it can be. The best medicine? Mm -hmm. From a medicinal standpoint. Yeah, from a medicinal standpoint. Well, and also from like the plants that we've grown, like, you know, we've grown them multiple times. We've got them very dialed in for hash specifically. Right. So, you know, we know how to work with them. We know how they're going to come out. You know, we know that we can do that full spectrum aspect, but not, you can't do that right. with everything. And there's some stuff that will pull that, that you know, that 25U bag, and it's just green trash. Mm -hmm. And we just, right in the dumpster. Yeah, right. You know, I mean, it's, it doesn't apply to that strain or that grower or, or whatever the case may be. Um, and that's where I think just being honest at the end of the day you just try to be honest about everything. When you're bringing in like a product like that, say a full spec or a broad spec into the argument about its medicinal values, um, is it also about the education <clears throat> or lack thereof, or you think it's just not, uh, not willing to <clears throat> I set a different type of standard for a different type of product? I think there's, it's a tough, it's a tough thing, but I think from a medicinal standpoint, it's about education. Mm -hmm. um, I think no matter what, you're not, you know, you're going to have those certain bags that are always going to be those key bags. And it's usually the full melt is, is where this kind of lies, where it's, in my opinion, why would you press that? Mm -hmm. If it's so good of, you know, bubble hash to start with, don't put it in a bag and press it. Yeah. 
whole milk, leave you know, it. Just, just leave, leave it. it as is. Mm-hmm. Um, press the other collections. Mm. But that, that, and then that's where you get into, okay, well, is it really a true full spec or did you pull the 90U first wash out to put that out and sell it at a higher rate? And now that's not in the rest of the lot. So it's not a full spec anymore, even though washes two through five or whatever are in there. So it, it, it can get very complicated. Um, and, and that's so within the community, it's also within hash makers, the community of, is it about making sure there's clarity on like what, you, what people's interpretation of the process is and what it constitutes No one knows. It? No one knows. No one knows. And, and that's, that's where I think a post that I put up recently, I, I posted and I, it wasn't a full spectrum and if it's not full Wait, spec- on your ninth time as a charm page or <laughs> the other one? On the 11th one, yeah. <laughs> All right. On the lab page, okay. the 11th one. Um, but yeah, Instagram and I, we have a, we have a Guys get along great. Yeah. Oh, Guys great. get along yeah. great. We love they them. love us. <laughs> um, but they, uh, that took us off topic a little bit. I was going to say, <laughs> right. I'm just thinking about how much I hate Instagram. Yeah, yeah. You kind of got lost in that. You're like, go ahead, go off on them if you want. It's, it's, a, it's a weird game. When we first started getting shut down on Instagram, there was a lot of help from other people who had gotten their accounts shut down and ways to get it back, and you can you can get it back. We've gotten accounts back before. We did. Mm. We actually just, we got one account back. They come back out of nowhere. And you don't know why. And just just as the same as it left. You know, mm-hmm. you, you mm-hmm. can't ever put a f- finger on it. I never felt like what I had seen posted. And granted, I mean, uh, I, I see what I can see. Um, but um, I, I have enough knowledge. I've seen enough where none of your content seems out of touch or tune with what I haven't seen already where there's no exactly. nothing. Right. So I don't get maybe it. it's a trigger. Maybe, you know, That's, I don't know what it is. We chalk it up to, you know, for a while it was always, oh, you must have posted something for sale or, you know, the verbiage that you used or must have been wrong. And yep. it, it, that's where you can't put a finger on it. Is it that? Is it someone that just hates you and has no life and just sits there and reports your page every day? Because we have a few of those. Right. You know? Right. Especially within our community here, there's a couple that I know affect a lot of people. Um, there's there's one that specifically sticks his head out every now and then and mm. and just kind of just makes... Stirs sh- the pot. Yeah, just stirs the pot. Stir the pot. And mm. it's a specific pot of people that he's stirring every time he sticks his head out because he feels something weird went wrong, but... In reality, nothing. That's not the case. Um, we, you know, old companies, different things. You, you, all these random things that you're like, oh, well, this person wasn't happy with the wash. Maybe they're mad at us now, and they're reporting us. And <clears throat> it's, it's a weird game. And or it could just be. An it could Instagram just be the algorithm. algorithm. And it you could don't be know. that too. Yeah. You never know. It could be. So it's like we really don't. Honestly, know. after I don't even know what specific time it was that we lost our account but after a certain amount you're just like whatever it was do i really need this right it was this past like or or how important is it and i'll get back personally i i I don't really care for social media unfortunately it's kind of honestly but 
it, it has its purpose to serve. No, it, I understand it. Does. It, it does. But Without it, we would not be where we are. No, that's, that's and true. That's very true because 100%. it's a great advertising platform. I will say that. It really came into its own in 2000, like 18, 19, mm-hmm. where, where the cannabis industry really started. What was to be part of the cannabis industry really yeah. kind of started to make I will its- say, though, if I did, if we didn't own a business and use Instagram as advertising, I probably wouldn't have it. No, my, my personal page got deleted and I didn't even bother starting another one. No. Mm-hmm. Don't care. I mean, Shut before. It down. Well, before. happier without. Exactly. You know, before there's a we... pure existence for and productivity if you're doing otherwise. Mm-hmm. Exactly. Yeah. Before we started the business, I hadn't even used my personal Instagram in, I think it was since 2012. There's a gap. Yeah. In the <laughs> you end. got me. I think that's. Yeah, I think I had like one. three posts before cannabis came around. Yeah. Right. And I was like, what? I've been, had this for five years. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Was, when did I start this? It <laughs> was crazy because I hadn't realized it had been so long. And then, you know, we, he started the business account and wanted to, you know, tag me in things. And I was like, all right, well, I guess I'll check out my account, see what's going on. And it was, yeah. Like, Bunch of picture like was in like grainy filtered pictures. Oh yeah. yeah, I thought it was such a you just, you throw a filter on anything. Yeah. Put it on Instagram, it's gonna be a good picture. Yeah, yeah. yeah it really is. Yeah, it, it's it's a. I, I don't know. I've thought about total departures from it. I mm-hmm. think that it's uh, better. Yeah. It, it's probably a, a much more sane thing to do. Um, but yeah, you need it for business as mm-hmm. well because that's where business is now conducted. Yep. Yeah. Uh, and what, more so, even outside of. Uh, I mean, it's a great cheaper way, too, of having that. I, if you think about it, newspapers, and I know mm-hmm. they don't work for shit anymore, <laughs> but there was a time when, you know, was... $250 in advertisement mm-hmm. per day for, and you had to lock in for 14 days. Oh, I remember touring Dude, that's not cool. you know, printing offices and everything, when I was a kid, everything, and that was, that was it. You know, you go to the news center and... Where the papers made mm-hmm. and the news is filmed and all this. And <laughs> well, we've actually, you know, had advertising in magazines before, but they wanted like four hundred dollars for like it, this big. It's never right. worked out for one reason or another. Mm. Print advertising has never, never no. worked out, or you can't put your finger on it. Working. We've out. never had anybody say to us like, "Oh, we saw you." Yeah, magazine. we saw your ad in yeah. this magazine. Like, yeah, no, so it doesn't have that. I don't. Th- I think magazines have lost it in general. And be honest, it's become about advertising, and that's yeah. it. And even then, it's not as fulfilling. You know, it doesn't seem to work as well. I asked uh, about how many runs you, you like to go with. Uh, yeah, the, new, the new clones. Genetics. Is- it gets weird. I, li- I like to say two on clones and three on seeds. Um, seeds just kind of throw that one extra in because you have to find whatever pheno or what you're looking for. Um, but the clones, it, it gets dicey, especially now with so many diseases going around. Mm-hmm. You, you gotta That's be a near impossibility, so isn't it? It really is. I mean, you if you're going to get clones from you somebody, have, oh you God. really need to have like a good quarantine space. And it's not even hating on any other grower, yep. you know? It's just like, you know, it's just that extra precaution that you need to take, yeah. you know, put them in a quarantine zone for, you know, how long? Two weeks. Yeah, yeah, like two weeks, see how they do, check them before you 
introduce them to all of your other plants. Oh, sure. You know? Yeah, the last so. thing you want is a casualty mm-hmm. with the whole garden. I mean, lose your whole genetics, you know? Yeah. <laughs> I mean, that's, that su- could happen. It's super tough for us as small small growers where we don't have we don't have the square footage to yeah, give up for a quarantine room or a tent yep. to pop up or, or anything like that. So we really have to be careful on where we get our clones from. Yeah, we really only get clones from a couple, couple different, different sources. Couple, yeah. A couple people, yeah. Um, and luckily they, you know, one one is a little more kind of variated. Um, it's Chief Seedco. He, he'll run his new phenos and we'll grab some of those every now and then. And, and some of that stuff is newer genetics that he's been working on for a while, but is just now releasing. Yep. Um, and then uh, we get a lot through Eric at Other Level Gardens, where that stuff is kind of more we know it's tried and true. It's it's yep. going to be mm-hmm. a solid yielder in some department. Yeah, he mm-hmm. has, he has quality clones. Yeah, his his. <laughs> I've known a lot of patients that have gotten clones off him, mm-hmm. and that swear by it yeah. as well. His uh, are local in this area. I remember his he went really to good. the to the seven ten mid main sesh over the summer, and he was. Selling clones, yeah, anybody brought the trailer up. Mm-hmm. He's got, um, he's just got solid genetics. Where it's, it's like the first I think experience we had with him was the SFVOG. Mm-hmm. Where I hit him up and I was like, I just need something to fill, you know, this last table or something. And he, he tossed a few our way, and they just were, I mean, the most beautiful, the fastest vegging. They stretch the best like everything oh they yeah i mean they had chunky monsters nugs. that dumped hash yeah and i was almost like mad at him because <laughs> it was so good where i was like because you've been holding out on this <laughs> i've had i've got my mom's i don't need to add yeah, another well, one and that's, <clears> but that's i have the, to that's the biggest thing for us is that our you know we only have a set amount of room for our veg space and yep. that includes moms and you know clones that are about to go into flower so we have to pick and choose what we keep so it's like that one was so good it, it hung around for for a minute so. yeah, we just pulled it out last week mm-hmm. and the only reason why we pulled it out was because i was like i can get this back yeah we know we can get it back yeah mm-hmm. where we kept we did a lot of calling this past week mm-hmm. um getting ready for some new genetics we, yeah we've got a new new seed hunt going right now with seven or eight different packs. You cultivators, you love that. More than more than you actually like, uh, you love buying seeds or love you know, the, the, the search more than anything <laughs> okay, else, don't you? you. Am I right? The amount of seeds that we have <laughs> in our refrigerator downstairs is the whole insane. Like, I don't even know what we have anymore. I really don't. It's, and then things but you will keep come buying. In, things will come in the mail <laughs> yeah. and I'll open the mail. I'm like, oh, here's some more seeds. Yeah. Okay. It started, cool. I mean, because we we split from the old company and, and I was like, I literally don't have anything. I had no connections, nothing. Mm-hmm. So I bought a pack of seeds online, popped them in a in a two by three tent that had a wall <laughs> where one by one was veg and two by one was flour, or two by two was flour, and uh, that was where it all started. And then we washed washed it up in a one gallon paint bucket with a wooden spoon in the kitchen of an apartment that we were living in and pressed on a hair straightener. <laughs> yeah. I still that's, have that hair straightener. Yep. That's where it you all still have that mm-hmm. hair straightener? Mm-hmm. It still works. <laughs> yep. That's where it all really began. And it was, it was crazy. Um, where it began, like your interest in hash? In solventless in hash, solventless. yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, I would always been interested in it. 
but with the other company at the time, that was right when, when Timons kind of, everything was kind of changing in the BHO world. And um, He would well, literally beg them to for, take for the trim. trim and wash it and like see what would happen. Just to see what would happen. They didn't want anything to do with it. I mean, they were they didn't want to do that? They were the type that, you know, there's always different groups of people. And and back then, we were, I was a part of it. We were in the group that was, you know, BHO, BHO, BHO. Yeah. Um, BHO was an established good money money maker though too. It was huge. You could really make a lot. I mean, you could. We were doing processing at the time. Back then, you could sell shatter like crazy yeah and, it was, it was a and then the diamonds talking like 2017 ish mm-hmm. somewhere around yeah. there yep yeah yeah From 15 to 17 was 15 pretty was much when we i mean it was we were just we had a nice closed loop system and, and there weren't any really rules or regulations to anything yeah no. and so no, was, back then no it was free balling in the garage with this fancy setup that you have <laughs> and you're figuring out how to use it. I saw the less fancy setups and yeah. garages. I didn't see the clothes. That's the thing. I like we, we, we started with the old glass tube and the uh, coffee filter, you yeah. know, on the deck. <laughs> and then oh, the Pyrex plates and Oh you know, yeah. yeah I've had a few like of those. That. There's a great oh, story. Yeah. We I was heating one of them up in a in a camper van on a propane just kitchen stove. I was heating up a Pyrex, getting it ready run was almost done i was gonna pour it out but Turns I had out to, it's raining it's outside. raining outside i had to get from the camper to inside where the lab stuff was and one drop of water hit that hot pyrex dish in my hand as i'm walking you know in from the trailer to the garage basically shattered and it just shattered the whole thing in my hand and i just remember being like okay I need another the pan. The run's <laughs> ready. I need to reheat another pan. I don't have time to deal with this. And I'm just stomping over broken glass, trying to get yeah. the run done at the right time. And it's <sighs> And it's funny, too, because we actually still have, we have a closed-loop system. We yeah. actually bought one uh, when we first started the company. And we did a, a couple of runs on it just for, like, our personal stuff. And, uh, you know, it's sitting in the shed now currently uh, yeah. but that's another big reason why we got into solventless is because it's literally just ice and water you know it's not like you're working with these flammable gases yeah. so there's no crazy regulations like that no not as dangerous to, yeah. well i mean uh, i don't know i suppose you can talk you could probably like gauge that it's if you know what you're doing it's safer but if you have mishaps and in or or even the process, did you question the process of it at all? Like, <laughs> like, of like which going part? from from using a solvent to going to solvent list was oh. that a big push or a big reason? I was the hand was kind of forced. It was kind of forced. Um, yeah, because we had out of necessity for a pro, for a, for a concentrate. To, yeah, yeah, um, because we had, we had split from the company and we were living in this apartment and we both had full-time jobs and we're trying to do this kind of side it was more we were just growing for ourselves for the first year and then we rented a house and that was when hiker trash really started hmm. was when we had the house and we were able to commit yeah the landlord knew that instead of we were growers and everything so they were cool with yeah, it. instead of sneaking around in a yeah you had to have landlords yeah. who were cool oh yeah right. i mean so you can't too, you but. can't get that past somebody you know no I mean? and i still feel still terrible covering it up no. we there's the, the house will never be the same 
No, I mean, we there's some things that. we did to that house that I'm like, but we did not get our security deposit. <laughs> yeah, we did not get. Our <laughs> no, you didn't but ask for it. No. Uh, yeah, <laughs> we, didn't, we talked we didn't, to them. They didn't offer it, and we didn't ask for it. <laughs> yeah. It was just a super nice couple. Yeah. Super nice. super old crappy house. Yeah. And they knew it. Yeah. And well, a funny it was good story. For both parties, so though, right? when we first moved into that house, it was in April. You know, when all the snow was melting in Bethel, pretty much. And they lived right on the backside of a mountain slope. And their foundation was not secure. And there was about three feet of water in the basement when we first moved in there. We called and said, you know, we lined everything up. We were in the U-Haul. Had our plants in there. Plants in the U-Haul, everything. And I call them. I'm like, hey, we're heading heading up that way. Just want to let you know we'll be there in an hour or so. And... uh, she very nicely was like, uh, <laughs> we have a little, you might want to wait like another day or two. We have a little bit of water in the basement. Um, and I was like, oh, that's fine. Like whatever, we're, we're a couple coming. inches of water in the basement, you know, no problem. And I get there and there's like three feet of water in the basement. Yeah. That's uh, not a little water. No, that's, that's not a little that's water. A they had that's downplaying the, the little down, water. Power yeah, off. we didn't have heat yeah, we for like nothing. the first week that we lived there because the water level got so high down there. They had, had to, to kick it. shut the furnace off. Yeah. They, he, he wasn't sure that the furnace was going to be working yeah. once everything got So we had like yeah, a little electric At that high, at three yeah, foot? It, it covered yeah. half the furnace. And we were just like, okay. And it so worked. So we just had though. a little uh, it worked, it electric right heater that we brought around with us to each room that we were staying in and just mm-hmm. had it going. Finally, at a, at a certain point. Kerosene like, heater? Uh, and it was just like a little electric yeah. heater. That's how I lived in college. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's why I asked. <laughs> little buddy. Um, Had it right in the middle of the room. Mm. Yep. No, but they they were super nice, and and they obviously we haven't spoken to them since we since we moved out, but they were nice, and that was when we were looking for a house, and so I asked him, I said, did, how much research did you do into this house? Did you get it inspected? Did you do this as first time home buyers? I'm like, how do we not get stuck in this situation? Mm-hmm. And he said, oh, I knew it was a piece of shit. It, they bought it because it was on Intervale Road in Bethel. It's a very popular road. It, it was. Is it? Yeah. It's yeah. It's is it a main drag road? It, or it, why is it popular? It goes to Rumford. Oh, um, oh, it's okay. It's, it's kind of the road. It's like out one of, town. of the first roads that you hit when you come into like downtown Bethel area, and so it's just yeah. I mean, there's a there's two farms on that road. It's where and, Carter's cross country ski is. Yeah. So, There's a lot of stuff on that road. It's a pretty popular road for, like, outdoor activities. It's kind of the only – I mean, right. now they're building building stuff everywhere. But I was going to say, last time I was up there, I saw yeah. a lot of differences yeah. uh, from there what I remember. There have been quite a few new builds in the last year. New alone. kind of suburby type. Yeah, it's builds. like they'll build a road, like, up into the mountain and then start building – houses yeah. on there which we actually drove up there and One, looked at two, some of them houses. and they're really nice houses but then when we were coming down i literally had to use the brake like the whole time i, yeah. like, I would not want to drive this every day. no to do yeah, we, we thought about that to do that that's just a daily commute would be you have to replace your brakes more i mean yeah. it just oh, yeah. the, the little things that you think which about. i mean totally right. if you think about it a lot of those houses are probably people's second homes yeah, so I was they'll probably say. rent them out in the wintertime to people who go to Sunday River. That's one thing that's nice is we do have, we've gotten a chance once to go 
on a vacation in quotes <laughs> to an Airbnb that was just 20, 30 minutes down the road. Oh, feel like yeah. we got away from the house, away from everything, mm. but we were close enough <coughs> where we could jump back if you know the, the alert came in on yeah. the phone or something mm-hmm. happened. Yeah, um, if you needed to. Well, where it's just been the two of us for so long, we were terrified to leave the house and have something happen. God forbid, like water overflow or. There were a couple times mm-hmm. that we we did leave. Both of us went out of state for like three days, three or four days, where it was oh, like it was left unattended. Eat it heavy and pray. Yeah. Well, we had to go down to pray to whatever God you believe in. For a couple in. days. <laughs> it was when we were doing a demo for uh, the Hashatron unit. Yeah. And yeah. Uh, so we drove down to Connecticut. It was like four hours away, something like that. And we stayed down there for, I think it was one or two nights. I can't remember. But uh, yeah, we checked out their their little mobile units and. Awesome crew down there. We oh, went a different direction. They were beautiful machines. That, but it just it didn't have the space for us. You know, we wouldn't be able to put our chest freezers in there mm. or anything. It's basically just like all the washing equipment and the freeze dryers would fit in there. Space is our biggest thing. So mm-hmm. when yeah, we got you guys our do awesome a lot of processing. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's primarily that was the direction you wanted to go uh, in when I saw you over the summer. It's so funny too because you know we didn't even seek this out, really. Mm-hmm. I mean, we kind of just someone I don't told us say to start doing it. it. Like so somebody, yeah, somebody asked us if, you know, we wouldn't mind washing for them. We're like, yeah, sure, we'll do it. And then, you know, just word of mouth. Started people to grow started it more. talking mm-hmm. and, I mean, God, we we still get people that hit us up. They're like, we've never even met them before. Oh, you yeah. Know? And we're, I mean, we're booked out. It's crazy to me to be, we're, we're booked out on washing right now. It's the beginning of December and we're booked out through mid-February. And I wash and press every single day. And mm-hmm. it's it's insane. To, you kind of almost hope that that's going to be a deterrent at, at, yeah. at a certain point <laughs> where I'm like, I'm sorry, I can't get to it until mid to late February. Oh, that's okay. Yeah. Like, oh, God. All right, put them on the schedule. Which is a beautiful blessing. It is. It's, um, yeah. it's kind of like, but is, is the season ever going to end? Is it... We've still got, we've got people who are just, they're outdoors sitting in their freezer just waiting mm-hmm. until we have time to wash it for them. At least people have gone the steps that you need them to do a little bit more so as far as like prepping. Some people do. Some and some Definitely do, some don't. last year. Yeah. Last year we saw a lot of that. <clears throat> I think there feels like there's a lot more knowledge. People understand that I need to do this in well, order to fit. That's some stuff just doesn't had, wash too. Yeah. True. That's that's the, the biggest thing to break to, to some people is... We work with a few breeders who create these fun projects that produce amazing plants, um, yeah. but not good hash yeah. <laughs> or great hash, you know? And, and that's and it, it's nice to work with those that understand that some stuff just doesn't wash. And honestly, I mean, we we almost take it harder than they do sometimes like it like when things don't wash well like we take it very personally sometimes and you know we're really hard on ourselves and what could we have done differently are there any proven like methods or tricks i've noticed uh like some people will put inside a jar and kind of shake it is that with just water or do they add something else to that or is it just water mason jar and you how much would you say you put in there like for flour i would i would like a nickel's worth or more 
Yeah. So like, like put fresh like frozen a, quarter. Put like a quarter. A, quarter. a good handful. Yep. Fresh frozen into a mason jar with water and ice. Swirl it around. And Mix then, it up like a cocktail. Yeah. Does that work? Does that mm-hmm. prove itself? Yep. Mm-hmm. So does 100%. that help at all, or, or like? Yeah, so I mean, that you can help gauge? you in determining, you know, if this is going worthwhile. to wash well for mm-hmm. you or not. Because some things just aren't worth washing. I mean, we've we've learned it ourselves with strains that we've had. Because I mean, mm-hmm. all the seeds that we've popped and the genetics that we have, we've washed everything that we have, and yep. there have been like three that did not. A couple come surprising out good. ones too. Yeah, well, like, honestly, there was one that was like a it was a chem clone crossed to. Mac and I was like, oh yeah, this will be should be a no-brainer. Yeah, yeah, run it, sure, it'll yep. be great. We hyped it up and everything, and then it comes back at like 0.5 percent return. Yeah. I was like, okay, wow. So I mean, we get it. Like wow. we've felt those losses too, yeah. you know. Yeah, but right. I mean, it just it happens sometimes, you know. That's that's what. Why so do you now pick, use? like, some of your genetics based off of how you think they'll return? 100%. Yeah. yeah. 100%. Yeah, so could I mean, that have just been the phenome, too, the one you were talking yep. about? Oh, it could. That's yeah, what that, I think it That was. plays a part, too, doesn't it? Looking back on it. Are you it, talking about the big one? <clears throat> yep. Yeah. That was our first. Just going to listen for a sec. Oh, yeah. That was our first kind of um, phenome hunt, our first big pop. And we did a lot of surfer seeds gear, and this was, this was our big money pack that we, I mean, I'd. Oh, I remember Western <laughs> unioning some random guy that I'd met on Instagram. And That's he was never gonna, happened before. Right, yeah. <laughs> right. right. And he was going to go to, to like a, a pop-up drop that Capulator had going. And, and he was like, yeah, you know, tell me what you want and I'll grab it. And Western Union me the money and I'll grab it and send you the seeds. And I Western Union him about 400 bucks or something like that. And, Got a couple packs, and it was one of those things that when I sent the money, I was sitting in a Rite Aid or a Walgreens or something, and I remember being like, I don't even know if the money went through, let alone if I'm going to get anything back from it. And Mind you, we were quite tight on cash oh, we were at super this point. Broke. Yeah, right. you got to yeah. watch these So things. it's like $400 yeah, no was a lot. Yeah, no business spending money on a no. $50 pack of seeds, <laughs> let alone a $200 pack. You feel like you've got to take the chance, though, don't you? Mm-hmm. You yep. just got to go for it. And it's hysterical now because we, we ran it once and washed it once and it got killed. Mm-hmm. Imagine yeah. the dependency on that. You know, I've always thought, oh, well, no, I don't want to get uh, caught up. I was going to say I've always thought that uh, playing uh, – Playing isn't the right word. <laughs> being in the cannabis and being around cannabis and whether you're producing, processing, or growing, uh, there are no certainties. Oh, absolutely Never not. a certainty to any type of, whether it's a transaction, whether it's a process that you're doing, anything. There are no guarantees whatsoever. Mm-hmm. That just doesn't exist. That's, that's not reality. No, and that's where we've seen the good and the bad of that, too, is we've gotten a few plants that... I literally sent, so we washed and air dried everything for the first, I'd say, two years. Yeah, something like that. And then we ended up realizing, we're like, okay, we want to get the freeze dryer, take that leap, make that move. And we knew that we needed to do, we weren't getting good yields, what we were doing, and we were so new to the game that we had no idea what we were doing, is the bottom line. 
And so we sent some material off to uh, Hot and Heady Teddy. Yep. Sent some over to Alex. Yep. And I remember sending him, I think we sent him three things, and, and the, the plan was we were going to send this off, get yeah, the best Yeah, it was Point geo. Break, 91 Punch. I can't remember the other one. But it was our first time kind of sending anything off to anybody. We had always done everything ourselves, and we sent it off, and the goal was to get the best yield we could, paying the cheapest processing fee that we could so that we could then flip it and buy our own freeze dryer. Yeah. Um, <laughs> and I, I feel kind of bad because we knew that those strains were going to do well, but we didn't know that they were going to do that well. And there was a couple that he reached back in and was like, oh, and we still have those today. Um, like our 91 punch, for instance, this is what I'm thinking of. And I sent him uh, an amount that, as a solventless processor now, I look at and I would turn away. <laughs> I would give it back to you. I mean, it, it was one bag of something. And, you know, thank God he, he's who he's he is. Okay. And, yeah, he, he ran it for us, <clears throat> and, and it hit, you know, 6.5%. Wow, nice. It was one of those where I was like, if – why did we even wash that? It was so little of an amount to wash that. So do you take people who have just a bag here or there? Have you done that? We have. We're about? phasing out. Yeah. So in the yeah. beginning, we definitely. Kind of to fill in. Yeah. I mean, we would pretty much take yeah. whatever yeah, yeah, right, right. we had. But now, you know, I think we have like, what, a 10 pound minimum? Yeah. Now we've, we've, we've got minimums in place, strain specific minimums in place and. Well, especially now where we have the Osprey, you know, there's a, a minimum amount that you can put in there where it's still going to function properly right. and all that. I think it's like 2,000 grams. Yeah, it's, some, it's something like that's that. easily doable, easily reachable. Um, mm -hmm. But it's it's tough to – we still offer the hand wash setup and everything, but yeah, I mean, we, we still have to change have the lab around. You know, we have to refit the lab for this setup. Mm -hmm. And uh, the Osprey is just low temp made it so easy. It yeah, is. you've remarked a lot on uh, on uh, from what I've seen They're on such in a social great media. Company. We love. They really are. Yeah. I, mean, I, I mean, their customer service is bar none. I, you know what I mean? Like user friendly. Oh, very as well. Yeah. Super user friendly. Like kind we, of intuitive. And that was kind of how it started, and that's why I love it so much. Is it started as we were so broke we could only afford. The plates yep. and then we bought the $15 bottle jack from Harbor mm -hmm. Freight right and that was how we were pressing and then we upgraded to the hydraulic press to um, you know different pieces here and there we, we went to the bigger setup and, and then now oh, we've we have, upgraded many times <laughs> and then, yeah right and then now we have the Medusa which is multi-head headed big press system a capability running. of up to was it four? You were saying five. Yeah, five? you can hook five? five four by seven plates up to it. Easier to manage where it's more or less two plates if you're one individual yeah. or two something like that. Is that low kind of pushing it? They they recommend with with bubble hash specifically if you're going for kind of a live rosin, beautiful end product as opposed to flower hash or sift rosin or something along those lines. Um, not that there's anything wrong with that at all. No, it's just, but it's purposely for the process you're right, talking. Right, it's, yeah. it's a nicer kind of, you've got more more on the line with these presses. Um, 
they recommend no more than three, I think it is. Mm-hmm. And I wouldn't hook up. We have two hooked up right now. Mm. I wouldn't go for more than that. That's enough. That's, That's enough to manage. Which, I mean, if you had multiple people watching them mm-hmm. and looking at it, obviously, you know, you could you could do more. But, you know, two presses is definitely more than enough for one person. Yeah, because, I mean, it's it's all about prep. It's time sensitive. It's mm-hmm. very. I mean, it's something where you don't want to be adding too much oh, to your plate. As soon as he goes down in the lab, it go. He just bangs it all. A lot of prep time, you said. Yeah, and and that's what I, I kind of like the carryover. I used to be in the restaurant industry, and I did everything in it from what, front of the house or back of the house or everything. all of it. Everything, everything. You name it, I, I was did front it. of the house. I only dabbled in the back. I, I go, you were what? I'm sorry. I was front of the house. Oh, were you? Yeah, I yeah, settled yeah. in the back. I get that. We actually met at a restaurant, yep. and like that's how working together or mm-hmm. just kind yeah. of yeah. yeah. Up in he Bangor, worked there for like three months. Part of the old company, and, and we were just five <laughs> guys living in a house, and I was like, I need to get the hell out of here. Yeah, of course. You know, so I. I Got a it's cool at first. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, exactly. It was yeah, it's not cool later. <laughs> yeah. About a year later, you know, I'm I like, fucking love you guys. Put yeah. them out. <laughs> yeah. We're wrestling in the front yard a year later. Like, yeah, right. That did happen. Yeah, yeah. oh yeah, that happened. Yeah. Um, <laughs> but so you guys didn't know each other. It was up until uh, restaurants. Um, yeah, so I actually worked at a Sea Dog Brewing Company in Bangor. What was it? Sea Dog Brewing Company. Oh yeah, yeah, sure. And uh, so I worked. There in Bangor, I think all together for like eight years. And then he worked there for literally three months. And in that Quit time, on he, yeah, he did. Priority straight. And yeah. so in that time, like, you know, we would see each other in passing or, you we know. never really talked. No, didn't really talk that much. And like, I would go out to the bar across the street with my friends after work. And I'd be like, you know, some of the kitchen crew would come with us and like, What's this guy Reed's story? Like, what do you guys know about him? He seems like pretty cool, but I just I don't know. Meanwhile, I'm just like taking a bunch of edibles and going to work. And yeah. like, I don't care if I do a good job or not. You know, yeah. it's just a part time job just to get out of the house. And then there was one night I was at that same bar with a couple of my girlfriends and him and uh, his buddy Cypress uh, actually came in because they were like fed up with the guys at the house and wanted to get out and then, you know, came out to the bars and he walks in and we hung out all night. And the, the bar was called Carolina's and that's the only reason, <clears throat> the only reason we went there it was because I'm from North Carolina. Mm-hmm. And so I was like, Carolina's, I'm fr- let's go to you Carolina's. just wanted to be amused yeah. by something mm-hmm. and that's, that's what happened. And then my so, holy shit, actually... talk about like a weird, <clears throat> yeah. you and know. And I parked so and crazy. saw her literally walking in the door and it was the only person that I knew kind of new. I mean, like I said, we didn't yep. really talk yet. Yeah, right. And so I, I yelled something across the street to her, you know, spit some game. <laughs> <laughs> of course you did. It sounded yeah. a little like this for you back at home. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. No, I had no game whatsoever. No. Relied purely on my good looks. Um, <laughs> Which, like, that was the kind of thing that, you know, I guess attracted me to him. Because it was just... confidence? He was, no, just, like, almost... A, the fact that he had no game because it was just very <laughs> genuine yeah. and you know you know what I mean like I'm I'm not the kind of person who like fun. showboating or anything like that like just be a real person I'm gonna say I don't know how I should feel about that I think you should feel really good about it I feel good okay 
I had absolutely no game, and I think it was women felt more sympathetic. They're like, oh, I'll take you <laughs> right. in, little puppy. Exactly. Here, let's, and then it turns into you're dating for years, and you're like, wait a minute, what? Right. No, I like, just mean that. I just, I don't know. I just, I've never been one to like being around somebody who's like really showboaty or like tries too hard, you know, to like be something that they're not, I guess. No, there's a lot of different people who work at restaurants, and I think the type of restaurant that you work at, like the group, the the core, the employees end up dictating what that's going to be. So it's kind of like, so I've worked at places where it felt corporate and people just went in, did your shit and get out, you mm-hmm. know, and it wasn't much of a camaraderie. But I worked at a restaurant that for about a good three, four year period, we all went on benders together collectively. Oh, it was our life man. together. Yep. Yep. So, you know, you go to bed at three only to wake up at four so you can hit the mountain to go skiing as mm-hmm. a group again later. Oh. And you're like, because we already made plans. Mm-hmm. Holy shit. Me and actually the guy who I, I started the trail with him, uh, the Appalachian Trail, uh, we lived together and worked at a restaurant. And that was how we met. Oh, it, Bandit? It was not a good idea <laughs> no. to live and work at a restaurant together. That's too much. And we were both, we did the catering side of this. It, it could have been a five-star steakhouse in North Carolina, but it was a, it's a four-star because it's called Vangus Barn, and they wanted to keep that barn feel. Mm. And to be to get that fifth star, you have to go white linen, tablecloth. Oh. Right? A certain aesthetic. They would have sacrificed their identity. Exactly. And so yeah. they were like, we don't care. We don't need it. We've been running for, I think they're about to hit like 60 years or just did. It's a strange type of um, kind of regulation to it, isn't it? Like, uh, in order to qualify to be able to be a, in, included in a That five. was when I really started questioning everything. Um, it was that moment? Damn, I, I can think young. about a thousand other reasons why I, know, I right? have. <laughs> I know. Um, but that was... Uh, that set you on a different path. It, it did, because that was... It, some things just didn't make sense to me. My, my parents were good friends. We're not good friends. I mean, my dad's a dentist, and he um, did some dental work for some of the people that managed out there. We're kind of general managers, and it's such a huge team of people that run that place. Yeah. It has to be. I mean, they do, we do 1,400 tables a night. I mean, it was Holy. insane. Wow. Insane. Plus, that's, a, that's crazy I love seating. That place so much. Two, two <laughs> catering divisions, one off site that I was able to luckily be a part of the design process of, which was really cool. Oh, were you? That was, that you was like catering? Right that aspect? Yep. And so did actually, you? I left uh, that restaurant to start my own catering company and mm. did some catering for a while and then kind of hit that legal wall with. Mm. It's quite expensive to start your own catering company. Right. Honestly. I needed a kitchen. I think you need something to fund it. Yeah, you would definitely mm-hmm. need the kitchen to be yeah, the basis I couldn't for just it. Yeah, do it out of my apartment. Yeah, because it was, what, like 150K? Yeah, but the cheapest thing that I could find was like $150,000, was basically what I needed for licenses, fees, and then I could start renting a kitchen. Yeah. Yeah, that program. makes it an obstacle to get into. Mm-hmm. That kind of upfront money and well, that's a, a, like it, that. It, you know, if you Even though you know you can really do it. Yeah. Right. So that was um, actually why then I was like, okay, this isn't isn't what I want to do. So, you know, it didn't So you right. rethought. Rethought. Kind of like, that was when I was like, what do I want to do? I want to go live in the woods forever. <laughs> okay, well, how do I <laughs> tell my family that? Yeah. Like the Appalachian Trail. So, you know, originally I was like, out on the trail, take it slow, a few miles a day, and just 
enjoy life. And uh, how much prep did you do on it? I felt no, like none. 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 Mm-hmm. Why? Most uh, I did was some prep. people do a lot of prep. I had. Um, well, it was starting to prep for it that made it a little bit more difficult for me to believe like it was uh, something I could undertake. Like I could get away from uh, the world for a three month period plus. Right. And have I ever put my body through that much? When I was in my 20s, I was much more active physically. I, I, I would have taken that challenge. And I did go traveling and I did go hiking a lot of different places. But here, uh, here I am, I live in Maine and I don't do it very much. But I only seem to do it when I'd go on road trips. It's mm-hmm. strange. Mm. So to think of doing it for three months, yeah, it intimidated me, I think. Oh, it can for be sure. very intimidating. And yeah. that was the year that I, that I hiked was um, a couple years before uh, that Reese Witherspoon movie came oh, out. Wild. Yeah. Wild, that's what it is, mm-hmm. or book or however it started. It was a book and a movie. It, it's great because it got a lot of people out hiking that normally wouldn't have taken that leap to do a long-distance trail. Yeah. But at the same time, it also got a lot of people that had no business being out there out there because that's kind of the story, I think. I, I won't read it. I won't watch it. Um, but it, it, you don't need to have any training don't need to have any experience yeah right planning prep anything just go you just need the time the trail will mold you no matter who you are Mm. so i would always say the trail will provide yep (laughs) and the trail i mean it will break you down physically and mentally no matter Mm -hmm. who you are Mm. i don't care who you are it will break you down and there were points in times where different friends had to get off with broken toes or ankles or you know physical injuries there was a guy that yeah what was that one guy yeah one guy see he just they were playing we were playing frisbee and he tripped on a rock and smacked his head into another one and had to be heavily lifted out yeah oh wow they charge you a lot of money for that yeah (laughs) i would think so there's a thing called a spot gps and you can pay a, a monthly fee and it's got three buttons on it and okay uh I'm fucked, and then uh, you can custom set a button. Yep, yep. And you can pay to have different phones paired to it where they'll get a text from that device that says, I'm okay, I'm okay, I'm here, I'm here, or, you know, worst case scenario. And that worst case scenario button is, it, <laughs> it's a beautiful thing to have, but it's kind of like an ambulance ride where it's, mm. you, when you get that bill later, you're kind of like, Maybe I yeah. shouldn't. Maybe have I could have button. watched that like yeah. last couple miles. <laughs> but it, it was cool to see it in action and not be involved with it too much. Where it was a, another group. Well, of, these were all things that you didn't know about when you hit it. Right. When when did you realize? Like how far along into the path did you realize that this was going to be a different journey? And I'm sure like you had that feeling probably a few different times through it. Because sure. it becomes a different challenge uh, with passing well, days and passing weeks. It's well, and each much state different. is different, too. You yeah. know, so. it, mm. it was Different wild. in what way? Just like the landscape and, yeah. you know, terrain. and It's very distinct. Um, and there's, there's phases. And You're traveling through seasons. Right. And I, so I was out there. I, I was very lucky and grateful to be able to take pretty much an unlimited amount of time off. Mm-hmm. Um, 
some credit card debt at the end of it. <laughs> sure. <laughs> but I don't Well, you think, were going to make it work. Right. I don't think anybody who ever finishes the trail doesn't, in my opinion. Right. Um, and so it, I was out there for eight months. Um, I went and started February 22nd, and we got 14 inches of snow in, North, in Georgia. It took me and my buddy a month to get through Georgia, um, which is, if, if you know anything about it, it's hysterical that it took it that long. It should not take that long. It, it, most people, it takes a week tops. Well, I you were going that. out into the woods, though, too, so it wasn't like you were uh, moving too much with a purpose. Right, I didn't have a plan. Like, I didn't, yeah, you didn't I have to actually start hiking it if you didn't want to. Exactly. Well, and also, you can blame a lot of it on Helen, Georgia. That's true. How come? Why? What is that? So Helen, I don't know. I'm not in. <laughs> Helen, Georgia is a is a beautiful little German town in Georgia, and it's Oktoberfest themed to the max. Oh shit! I mean to the max. Mm-hmm. And we went through in February, so there's nothing going on, but there's still the pubs. There's still these every. It's still a town. Yeah. And <laughs> that was when we started. We had money. We had, you know, everything when you start. Yeah. And so we were like, yeah, we can go out to these fancy dinners and stay in hotels and stay that extra night and really, you know, enjoy it. <laughs> At literally, like, the beginning of the trail. <laughs> so like, this is literally the first town on the trail that, like, you hit. And so we, we got there and, and we stayed for... The plan was to go in. The plan's always to go in and do something real quick and get out. Yeah. And we stayed, the first time, I think we ended up staying for five or six days, which is five or six days too long. And <laughs> we went in, we stayed, we went to this restaurant, we ate out, we met some people, and, you know, it was, it was a great experience. And then on our way out, we were like, okay, you know, let's get back to the trail today. So we're not going to do any hiking, we're just going to camp on the road when we get there. And so we decided to go to the bar during the day grab a couple beers, and then we'll head out of town. Needless to say, we have a few too many, and we then we hit the liquor store on our way out of town, and we hitch a ride from a French-Canadian guy who we could not understand a word that he was saying. <laughs> and he told us this crazy scorpion story that some scorpion bit him on his ass. I remember that. But there were two roads that came into Helen, Georgia, and they were walking about 11 or 12-mile difference. And he took us to the one that we had already done. So we were like, well, I don't want to walk these other, you know, 11, 12 miles again. Let's just stay here. We're drunk. We'll sleep it off. Wake up the next day, hitch a ride into town, and then bounce back out the other way and start going. Mm -hmm. So (laughs) we end up staying at that campsite then for like two or three days, finishing our whiskey that we had bought. And then we head back into Helen, stay for another four or five days, oh, and damn. then we got back out. So we were in, in Helen for a good almost two weeks. The inn at the end of the world is what that is. It's kind <laughs> of like this whole trap. Right. And it, you know, it, like you can never start this trip mm-hmm. because of this town. It, there's towns that are like that along the trail, like Hot Springs. They cater to the trail. They do. And they it's, do. it's yeah, a yeah. beautiful thing for some of these towns like... Hot Springs, North Carolina is a perfect example. The trail goes through downtown Hot Springs. It walks along the sidewalk. It's 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 wild experience. But 
the town thrives off of it and they throw festivals for it and you can get stuck in that town mm. forever. Yeah. Literally forever. So, I mean, there's a festival one weekend and then Monday morning you wake up and you hear about, oh, well, this festival's happening next weekend. Let's stay another week. <laughs> do this and you never You can get find out. things to do and yeah. then you're like, well, maybe I should get a job here. Exactly. Then, yeah, you're just sort of... Oh, people do that. Exactly. Oh, yeah, That's sure. That's how I can see started. that be, being a good living, though, too. A fun way of living or if that's what you want to do. Yeah, yeah, I mean, there are know, people who... Even if you don't want to do that entirely. Yeah. Right. I mean, there are people who will start the trail and that's, you know, they're initial thinking is that they're just going to move from town to town and yeah. get a job and make money and then leave. And because mm-hmm. I mean, there are a lot of towns along the trail that, you know, cater to them. It's one of the things I was comfortable with when I, I did a lot of traveling in my twenties. So I lived in a lot of different places. The restaurant industry was the, the draw, oh, yeah. you know, the total. That's what's important. Yeah, the yeah. restaurant I picked restaurants as opposed door. to bars, <laughs> and I don't know if I had it all over to do again. Maybe I would have chose more bars, but <laughs> knowing that there aren't bars, bars anymore. Yeah. They're all eateries. They're all, yeah, right. you know, they're I, all, I like dives. Yeah, very, <laughs> very few <laughs> actual bars left mm. anymore, I've noticed. No, that, that was a, the, there were several friends that I knew that, or, or it would happen to several friends that you know where you either start with no money or you end up hitting a certain point where you run out of funds that you had saved up. And so you start just going into a town, you work for a week at a restaurant, you get paid some cash under the table, yep. and you head to the next town. Just enough to get you to the next one, do it again, 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 as long as you can. Mm. Hopefully you make it to the end. Um, and a, a few people made it to the end doing that. Um, a few people didn't. <laughs> well, it's like that that wanderer atmosphere. You know? And that's where the hike your own hike kind of comes into play is, mm-hmm. you know, for instance, there's, there's a section of the Smoky Mountains that I did not do. Um, <coughs> so did I officially hike the entire Appalachian Trail? You know, no. Right. At the end of the day, no. Um, but... At the end of the day, it changes every year. So the year that I went through, there was also another section that I couldn't hike because a family of bears had overrun it, mm-hmm. and they shut oh. that section down. Oh, really? Yeah. You did have an encounter with a bear, though. Yeah. Oh, you did? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, Where were you? I was in Pennsylvania, and I was um, sitting in my hammock i had just broken off from my group they wanted to stay in town a little bit longer i was kind of sick of the town um specifically one one guy who we ended up living with in in the house in bangor um but i was just kind of sick of it so i was like you know what i'm just gonna head on i'll catch up with y'all tomorrow i just gotta go sleep in the woods you know is that you can go off and do your own thing and so i left and went and i'm camping alone in pennsylvania right near kind of highways and things. Um, and I'm sitting in my hammock and I had passed a subway on my way out of town. So I grabbed a subway sandwich, hit the trail. And I remember having a half eaten subway sandwich underneath my hammock and a bear. And I see it and it's dusk, you know, it's, it's barely see what's, if something's moving or not. And, and this bear is just on the ridge line and he comes across and he hits the trail and he goes up north. and. He didn't even look over at me, but 
I was so terrified, and I was alone, <laughs> and I had a Subway sandwich. Yeah, <laughs> yeah you think you're waving it like right. oh, some yeah. sort of red flag, like, like I'm here, big. I'm yeah. dead. <laughs> well, you know, the way that bears are portrayed in movies and on TV is that they're it, very aggressive It all depends on where yeah. you are. And that's, like, if you're in New England, you know, like, black bears, for instance, they're mm. very docile for the most part. They, if they even see you, yeah. they want nothing to do well, with you. Yeah. So I've got that story that happened to me where I'm, I'm oh, sitting there yeah. more afraid of it than it, you know, it, it smelled me miles away. And it's just like, yeah, whatever, human with a sandwich yeah. kind of thing. And then that section of trail that they shut down, um, they shut it down because of, of Mama Bear had taught her cubs, and those cubs had, had cubs and taught their cubs to go to this shelter where humans were staying and they could get into the trash or into your bags oh, yeah. or whatever. And so the town decided that... That's so important, too. The interaction that we have, the trail left behind, exactly. the influences that we we create within nature. That's and a perfect so they landscape. knew they could go here and find trash, you know, yeah. or whatever it would be. And they would teach their cubs that, and then their cubs would have cubs, and then it just would continue to be taught. And so finally the town stepped in and tried to kill off the entire family of bears, basically. And they did it like three or four years in a row, and they failed every year. Really? One got through, had cubs again, and taught them. And so a couple of buddies of mine, we were staying, there's a lake with a bathroom, and then there was a McDonald's like five miles down the road. We were in heaven. So we were staying right on the edge of this kind of no, you don't hike here area, not this year. Right. And uh, a couple of our friends were like, screw that. The trail's still there. We're going through. And so they, mm-hmm. they push on. And we're like, all right, we'll see you all later. And they come back at about 2.30, 3 in the morning, <laughs> waking us up. And... They ran into a bear, and, you know, it's a black bear, East Coast. Usually you can make some noise, and it's going to run away from you. Right. Um, so they banged their trekking sticks together and, you know, rocks, whatever they could do. It made some noise, and the bear just kind of looks over at them, doesn't move. And they're like, okay. So they start throwing rocks at this bear. Mm. Oh, like, no. get out of here, bear, move. And the bear had been very comfortable with humans, obviously. And so he turns, or she, I don't know. The bear turns and stands on two feet in front of my two friends and just does the classic bear growl from the movie. And so they throw some more rocks. Oh, really? These weren't the smartest guys. That's what I would be. Yeah. That might have been the signal right there. That's when you should be. Yeah. Yeah. And so they throw some more rocks and, and, and do it. A little bit more, and then they decide, they hit that point where they're like, okay, we need to turn around and run like there's a bear chasing us because there was a bear chasing them. And they run however many miles it was back to our campsite, and they just come tearing into camp, you know, 3 o'clock in the morning, just had this experience, and and, uh, it was was just wild to hear that side of it because I experienced the other side where it's, they're more afraid of you than you are of them. Yeah. Now, I will say, like, grizzly bears and brown bears, like... As the, yeah. This only implies... Much more aggressive. Wouldn't mess with Mississippi. those. Yeah. Like, West Coast she, bears? No, thank you. Yeah, once you get West Coast, <laughs> you're talking about grizzly bears. A, a black bear and a, and a grizzly bear are very different. 
Um, mm. Then you've got your your monster Kodiaks up in Alaska. Oh, yeah, and oh sure. Mm. Have you ever wanted to go up there? I've oh, always 100%. wanted to go to Alaska. Have you? I've got a always. big plan to go up, and there's a highway that's like the northernmost highway, and that was actually the plan was I called uh, my buddy. His name is Tim, uh, and then when you're on trail, you get trail names, and so he and I were Smokey and the Bandit. Yep. Yeah, because he had some warrants back home. <laughs> uh, I do what I do. You now. just want to establish who was Smokey, right? Right. Yeah. Exactly. So, so we uh, we I, I called him, kind of like, hey, what do you want to do in or what are you doing in six months? Do you want to do this road trip with me, where I'm going to go, the nor- you know ride the northernmost highway, and along that route is. Um, Alexander Supertramp's uh, bus from uh-huh. the movie um, God, Call yeah. of the Wild. Call of the Wild, yeah. Oh, oh yeah. Yes, right. And On that stretch. Yep, and so that's a whole true story. A lot closer to Alaska, right? Where, yep. Where the bus was? Yep, okay. and they ended up uh, helicoptering the bus out of there last year, I think it was. Oh, really? Because so many people would try to go to it. It was this mm-hmm. destination that they would try to get to, and they would die. It's like, die a man died there. You mm-hmm. probably... Right. <laughs> they, they, were, they would die trying to find this bus. Um, and so the, whoever it was decided to just pull it and put it in a museum. Yeah. Um, but... Yeah, because that pilgrimage isn't uh, going up there again. That's not the kind of trip you want to do no. without knowing your I mean, surroundings. That man went through not, you can't be unprepared there. for that. No, I mean he died because he wasn't prepared up there. Yeah, you know, and that's the sad case of a lot of deaths. And and there was a there was a, a lady who died when I hiked the Appalachian Trail. She was a hiker on the trail. She went off to the bathroom, got turned around, and no one ever found her. Well, I mean they found her body, but. She, um, it, it was it was a really sad story. Uh, they were looking for her for I think a year, and then they found her body, and it was thirty yards from where they called well, off the search. Well, wasn't it like a oh wow? Was there yeah. a snowstorm oh. or something? Something came, and, and it, it's I just remember it's there touchy being because you don't know what you would do if you were put in that situation. Yeah, but I'm an Eagle Scout. I know that you're supposed to stay put. If you're lost and there's a search party looking for you, you're supposed to stay in one place and let the people looking find you. Because if you're moving, then they might come to where you just were, and you know you're basically chasing each other around. And so she did that. Um, but then there's kind of a certain line where, at a certain point, you have to know they're going to call off the search. Mm. So you've got to do something now. Yeah. And she never made that move. Um, and so it's a really sad story where they they found her body and, and she had very neatly packed up her things. She had her bag of trash. She had her notepad there that she had written letters to each member of her family. Everything. She had oh, prepared wow. to die, laid everything down, and, and passed away. And, um, you know, 30 yards from where they called off the search. Mm. So that's where I'm like... It's a hard pill as well. Do you... You know, she stayed in one one place, but at the same time, you you know you just left the trail. You know there's towns in different areas. You kind of have to use your context clues. I got lost out there, and, and I ended up just finding a power line and heading down it, knowing it would hit something. Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah, right. Well, yeah, I mean, a yeah. power line leads to something. <laughs> um, and so... 
Yeah, to become lost in area or terrain that you're, you have some familiarity of where it leads. Um, like when I've been out in the woods up uh, northern Maine in areas, you know the plot of land, you know the sort of the area. It could be however so many miles or even acres for that matter. More acres, I'd say. I'd never got, but I'd purposely get lost because I'd know what I'd needed to look for. Right. Um, so that way, I, you know, I, I'd never felt that fear of it. But when you're in uncharted territory, for oh, it one, be absolutely terrifying. And then you think you're prepared for all all possibilities, but there's always a possibility that can mm-hmm. come up and disrupt the whole balance. Mm-hmm. When I got lost, it was it was scary. That realization that I was lost. Yeah, I was not on the trail anymore. I'm following a something, but it's not the Appalachian Trail. Yeah, and I have no idea where it's going and it ended up the, the trail just kind of hit a forest road and then broke off and i didn't catch catch it when it broke off i just kept on going and um i ended up just finding a power line going into town and i remember walking down those power lines and and just thinking like holy shit, i'm lost um there could be anything around me this and that and that's when i started kind of running through like the proper training and technique of doing things. And I was like, all right, I'm banging my trekking poles together, like screaming like, hey bear, hey bear. You know, <laughs> like, you don't want to come up on something or startle yeah. anyone. No, not at all. Right. Well, and that's where you could get into some trouble too. Mm. Like, it's, as long as, at least if you make yourself known, you know, they can move about their business. But if you come up on a wild animal and scare them, that's right. Yeah. You put them in a fight or flight situation, Yeah. not good. Uh-huh. Uh, this goes out to you. Uh, 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 uh-huh. Uh, this goes out to you. This goes out to you. And you. And you. This goes out to you. This goes out to you. This goes out to you. 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 Huh. Your reign on the top was short like leprechauns as I crushed so called Willie's thugs and rapper dogs. Uh. Get in that ass quick, fast like Ramadan. It's that rap phenomenon.